The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My read, name is... Read it early on there. Well, then, yeah, it's going to be a tough episode. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and IGN.com, and everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold, and I am your lord and master. Thank you, Whitney. Uh, I am the great and powerful. Permission to continue the podcast. Uh, hang on, one more. Um, your royal sex machine... Permission to continue okay, the podcast? Okay, you, you can continue now. <laughs> Thank you very much. We are very, very excited uh, for this week's B-Movies, po- uh, B-Movies podcast. Wow, wrong, I missed that show. Wrong podcast, dude. I know. That, well, that's our now defunct podcast. Sadly. Sorry, didn't mean to get your hopes up. Uh, we're very excited about this week's Cancel Too Soon for a couple of reasons. Uh, this is one of the more ambitious and expensive shows we've ever covered on the program. Oh, yes. Uh, we're smack dab in the middle of our September where we review only television series that got canceled this last season. And we have a very special guest. We have Rachel the Crusher Cushing from the Schmodown. Hello! Hello! Thank you for having me on. This thank is going to be interesting, well, I think. thank <laughs> you. We all met uh, in the ring. Well, not battling one another. Ring adjacent. We, yes, we, we, we were in the ringside. crowd. Uh, ringside, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've been a fan of yours uh-huh. since you debuted, because uh, I didn't know you before that. We, we, Nobody we knew me before that. <laughs> <laughs> my family and my friends, that would be it. The internet had no idea I existed. But I, I met you a couple of times before you first played, mm-hmm. and we were just backstage, and they were listening to questions, and you were getting all of them right. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> 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 of course. But then you went on, and you, you crushed it, hence the name. Uh, and it's really, really great uh, to, to have you on the show. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. We know you're a Lord of the Rings fan, but there was no Lord of the Rings TV series. This is the closest we could find. Yes, I, I basically <laughs> said to Bibbs, like, whatever show that is genre-related, something fun, something maybe based on book series, because I read a lot as much as I watch TV shows and uh, movies, so this is what he came back to me with. Well, it, it fits all your criteria. It did. Yeah. That is technically true. But before we do any of that, we have to talk about Schmodown for at least ten minutes, so everyone stick to watch it. <laughs> well, the, the Schmo, you said that the internet didn't know you, and the, the Schmodown is like this weirdly intense arena mm-hmm. where like people just sort of flock around it, yeah. and uh, and come up with nicknames and and uh, insult you a lot, <laughs> as it turns out. That is definitely a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you were you adequately prepared for that? Did Christian take you aside and said, "Listen, people are jerks." <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, several people did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's mm-hmm. a whole other world. Look, I'm as some of your listeners might know, I'm an editor by trade, so I'm a behind the scenes person, deliberately a behind the scenes person. But I, you know, am a fan, and um, uh, you know, will encourage my friends when they go out and to do this kind of thing. And I've known Christian for years, so I was just there to support him. And yeah, the whole thing with answering questions in the crowd and and you know just sort of playing along on the sidelines and they were very curious and hopeful to get more women in the league and 
I don't know. I, I still, to this day, not quite sure how they talked me into doing it, but I think <laughs> it was a, why not just give it a shot? I figured I would do mediocre at best. I would do one match, and I would go back to my little edit bay on the sidelines, and nobody would remember me at all. And, That's not what happened. And then, and then you <laughs> killed it. You know, I don't use the word phenomenon often. It's basically just to talk about that one John Travolta movie, hmm. that one Dario Argento <laughs> movie when I get the name slightly wrong, uh-huh. and Rachel. Because uh-huh. Rachel has developed this huge cult following. It's been pretty great. Like you, people, you, you, people are like sacrificing cats and stuff. Okay, yeah. I really it's hope really... not. Please tell me you guys aren't doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a small one. I mean, no cats. <laughs> no cats. I have a cat. It's None not fun. That. Trigger Sergio, warning for this whole thing. Yeah, it's not happy with this line no, of conversation. Sorry, Serge. Um, but but what's, what's that been like? What's that, you know, having this sort of people like look up to you? That's really cool, right? I like it because I like what I've... The, the people that have reached out in a positive way have been reaching out to me because I've been completely out and honest with the fact that I'm an introverted person. I'm a behind the scenes person. I'm not somebody I don't, I've never wanted to be an actor. I've never sought Mm. out the spotlight. I'm the person at a party who's at the edge of the party. I'm never the center of attention. I don't enjoy that. Um, But I've sort of pushed myself just because you should push yourself sometimes Mm. within the Schmodown and it sort of opened up a different side for me. And a lot of people that reach out are saying, you know, similar things like that they're introverts and that they're, you know, geeks, but sort of closeted geeks and and women who are geeks and, and who, you know, basically are, you know, looking at me as like an example of somebody who's like pushed out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a good feeling, honestly. Like I I like being sort of inspirational in in that way. I mean, as far as movie trivia, it's just movie trivia. There's a reason we call it trivia. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not the most important thing in the world, but it's cool to know it. But like, and when you, when you stay in the periphery, you're probably connecting with a lot of people who are also really good at film trivia. Because that's, that's kind of where you have to live to accumulate a lot of that stuff. True enough. Absolutely. I spent a lot of my time reading, watching television, and watching movies, and that's what our fans do, too. So, like, there, there's, like, a nice connection with at least a, a group of them. And I've always admired that. I've listened to some of the other podcasts that you've done, your openness to talk about uh, being introverted, which must be difficult being introverted and then talking about being introverted. It's a little weird. I'll tell you, the podcasting thing's easier, because it's just a microphone. The microphone doesn't scare me as much as a camera does. Um, so oh, the there's, podcast... a, there's a camera in there. Oh, of course so. there is. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to look over this way. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm just... I've, I'm, I'm an open person when you get to know me. Like, mm. my friends know that about me and whatnot. And I'm, I'm you know, always... Uh, uh, willing to have the conversations. It's just been a little weirder to to have them with lots of people on the internet that I don't know. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. I am who I am, and that's who I am on the Schmodown too. I, I'm afraid I'm not much of a character. I'm <laughs> that that whole side of it is a little harder for me. So I'm just like I told Christian from the beginning. I'm like I'm just gonna be me, and and, and if people like that, hopefully they will. And I, I accidentally became a cartoon. <laughs> Like, I don't know how that happened. I, I became this like Hannibal Lectory, angry, mm. shouting Invader Zim type, and I don't know why I let that happen. And now I'm stuck with it forever. That's well, you know, you just sort of start acting however you like. It's it's that sort of panic improv thing. So you just sort of come up with a character on the spot, and now suddenly you're married to it. Yeah, panic improv is exactly panic, a good way to describe improv. the person I am on the Schmodown. Whereas they came up with a persona for me like beforehand, and and that was of an arrogant, 
<laughs> asshole, essentially. So it fits me pretty well. Aww. I think my favorite thing about the Schmodown is all the people who like look into conspiracies. Oh like I start, I wrote a couple of articles for IGN, and I had people IM me. It's like, are you going to join Jim? Jim Davis' new partner? Are you ditching Whitney already? I'm like, no, I'm just doing some articles. It just does work because it's what I do for a People are going to assume you're joining the Growling Commandos because you're on this podcast. Oh, and uh, and apparent like I'm being recruited by everybody because Ken Knapsack, my partner in the Nerds Watch, is taking a bit of a step back. He's just you know we had two losses in a row and and he he joined the Schmodown to be my partner because we were friends beforehand and nobody knew me. I was an unknown factor, so like he joined and we had this mission to take down the Patriots and yada yada yada. But so he's taking a step back and I'm friends with Jay Washington and I'm friends with the boys in team action and I'm friends with you guys. And now everybody's reading into these friendships. (laughs) And like every time I like Jay will post like a a, a picture. Of course, he's instigating Jay Washington. You're an instigator. So like he's posting (laughs) on the Facebook group when we just go out to dinner with with Brianne and Stacy and and the two of us. And of course, everybody in the Schmodown fan group is just like, oh, my God, she's going to be in part of six degrees. I'm like, I'm I'm. Still doing my own thing. Ken's doing his own thing. We're going to figure this out. But, yeah, you can't make a move now. I can't make a move without people thinking that that's (laughs) indicative of something in the schmuck The whisper heard most often is that you just recently lost a partner, at least for a while. So did Clark. Therefore. Therefore. There's been a lot of therefores. Um, Yeah. You're obviously long lost sisters. There's this big epic narrative that we're building. People are scribbling away right now, building up these stories. Somehow Elliot Dewberry is your father. I don't know how it works, but it's weird. The the, the narratives are great, though. They're great. We we appreciate everything that the the fans are giving us. Uh, Although... We we have a few pretty like a very small but very passionate contingency of fans. Definitely, yeah. you guys absolutely and, do. And uh, some people are like pushing really hard for for William and for me as well. And I just entered this thing. Right. I only had two matches, and they're they're really sort of promoting us. They're saying and, and we should put William and Whitney more on on the forefront. And everybody's coming back with. Who is that, and or why? Why? Yeah, there's why? a lot of who is Whitney. Who's no, Whitney? Yeah, no one knew who the hell I was until I did the schmodown. Like mm. I, we, we barely like I, my Twitter followers like doubled. Yeah, like, well, since mine then. I think yep. is like quadrupled, but yeah. that's because I had like 200 followers oh, before this whole thing started. Yeah. <laughs> so the fandom is great, and we're so glad to have you on here. Yeah. And now we're gonna get to uh, why everyone who doesn't watch a schmodown, you should watch a schmodown. Yeah. But why everyone who doesn't watch a schmodown is on the show, which is to talk about a show that may or may not have been canceled too soon. We're gonna figure it out right now. Uh, it is a little low budget hmm. uh, rom com sitcom. No, I'm just kidding. It's Emerald City. <laughs> You're alone in this world. Welcome to your life. Afraid, without options. There's no turning back. I protect us against threats from without and from within. And you have no business being here. Something tore through the sky. There is talk of magic. She's the root of all this evil. War is upon us. Yeah, definitely not Kansas. The world. 
So Emerald City is the grim and gritty reboot of Wizard of Oz. That Which people were clamoring for? It was inevitable, you guys. It was uh, just it, inevitable. It, 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 it's the Game of Thrones phenomenon, right? Everybody's trying to do mm-hmm. the next one. It's, That's yeah. what it felt like. And we've already yeah. tackled this before with uh, Kings and Prophets, King, but, where the but, networks are trying to do this yeah. big epic thing, but it but costs so much the network can't afford it. Yeah. Of, of Kings and Prophets, though, was like biblical epic. So we were just dealing with stuff out of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Right. This is based on the works of L. Frank Baum, very loosely mm-hmm. and uh, and it was all not created but all directed by Tarsem Singh mm-hmm. who uh, did The Cell and The Fall Immortals and Mirror Mirror I quite like and Mirror Mirror and it was pretty. No, I, it was pretty. I, I like the cell in the fall, and I haven't seen seen uh, the immortals. But, immortals is. I, I think the immortals gets a bum rap. Again, it's visual. Vi- like he's a visual filmmaker. There's no denying he, that. Tarsum Singh is the male of, Julie Taymor. He's that's done, where yeah, I put him. Yeah, yeah. Give him good material. Do something amazing. Give him bad really, material. Uh, it'll be pretty. He did a lot of famous music videos, and that's kind of where he stayed. Was in that sort of music video thing. So he designed and he directed this new version of the Wizard of Oz. Doesn't that sound great? Well, <laughs> it's, it's it's well. Here's the thing with the Wizard of Oz mm. series of popular books that are still beloved to this day. Have you read them? No, I have not because <laughs> I'm a loser. Uh, but then it was translated not very faithfully into one of the best movies ever made, The Wizard of Oz, which is what most people. That's how I feel about Mary Poppins as well. See, I read Mary Poppins. No one else read Mary Poppins, so they think it's all like the movie, and it is not. Um, so I, I'm sympathetic to that, but The Wizard of Oz is still a great movie. Mm-hmm. Then it was translated even better into Return to Oz, starring mm-hmm. Feruza Balk. In the maze. <laughs> which is one of my favorite family movies. And um, the, the design in that one was closer to, uh, was it Denslow, Wadlow? Who did the illustrations for the, the Oz books? I don't know, actually. I think his name was W.W. W. Denslow, and uh, okay. he, he did, Return to Oz drew directly from those illustrations. So I think that, at least visually, is the most faithful uh, film adaptation of the Oz books. Mm. Um, What's interesting is that uh, Return to Oz is the only film directed by Walter Murch, the famed editor, editor. of Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and he should have directed more. It was an awesome movie. From what I understand, it was a bomb. Oh, not, huge not bomb! A, not a lot yeah. of people saw Return huge to Oz. Huge yeah. bomb. Huge yeah, bomb. It, it was the Valerian big, of its time. It's a big nostalgia Aww. hit now. Well, and Valerian will find its audience. I yeah. It already seems to be. That just, mm, didn't it, it just come out? You can stream it, rent uh, it? Or it's not it's yet like, soon, oh, though. But okay. they released. They finally released the opening scene of Valerian online. Which is amazing. Which they should have released in the first place. Because yeah. everyone's like, holy shit, this movie looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, you should have listened to me when I told you to see it. <laughs> Remember when we wrote those really breathlessly positive reviews that you ignored? You, you walked out of the theater screaming, my eyes are orgasming! <laughs> And no it was, one cared. It was, it was really nope. Nobody cared. Um, but in any but case, Emerald City. <laughs> Emerald City. You know, Wizard of Oz can withstand interpretation, reinterpretation. Everyone sure, knows yeah. the basic gist of it. So uh, I, it doesn't bother me that they're doing Grim and Gritty reboot, but it's, we'll need to find out if they did it well. Let's get some facts out of the way. Yeah. Emerald City uh, aired on NBC from January 6th, 2017 through March 3rd, 2017. It was originally ordered to series for April 2015, with filming supposed to begin in 2014. Yeah. So NBC was super committed to this, even though it was a cursed production. It was created by Matthew Arnold, who also did the show Siberia, which only lasted one season. Which I actually really liked, so oh. I will tell you boys to do an episode on that. Fantastic. Come back that, and we'll, we'll figure it out. That's C-Y-Beria, right? Siberia? No. No. 
Oh, just Siberia. just Siberia. Okay. What this isn't VR5. What am I thinking of? I don't know. I think you're thinking of VR5. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then they hired Josh Friedman, uh, the writer of movies like Chain Reaction, Return to Paradise, Steven Spielberg's War, War of the Worlds. World. There's yeah. a good one. And uh, the Steve- Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds is the good one. Of those movies. Out of his filmography. Um, And then uh, Friedman was replaced Mm -hmm. by David Schulner, who did the Cancel Too Soon series Do No Harm, the Cancel Too Soon series Dracula, the Cancel Too Soon series Kings, and the Cancel Too Soon series The Event, all of which we will get to. Uh, There's a pattern here. Some of which we already own on DVD. It's in our, our library over there. And in the end, it was executive produced by Sean Cassidy. That John Cassidy. Yeah, from the Hardy Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also he also wrote for shows like American Gothic, Roar, and and the movie Strays about killer cats. So he, which I actually quite like that movie. <laughs> so he's been around that Sean Cassidy. Yeah, it's had a Sean weird Ca- career. Sean Cassidy hair. He I, yeah. his hair has changed. <laughs> uh, yes, but yeah, somewhat. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure who's like. I guess I know who sort of came up with this, but I don't know sort of the evolution of how they got to this particular version of the Oz story. So. Yeah. It takes place in present day. Mm-hmm. Dorothy is not a little girl. She's a 20-year-old Latina lady uh, She who lives in Lucas, Kansas. Mm-hmm. They actually give the name of the city she's from, which I think is the first in any Wizard right. of Oz. Did they, did they back write that, though, for the character that comes later? They're like, what can we name him that could also be the name uh, of probably, the city? Probably. They probably came at all, yeah. come up with all it's of the only reason ones, why yeah. I can assume that they named Dorothy's Dorothy. played by Adria Arjona, who was played in True Detective Season 2 and proved that she wasn't. You didn't watch it. <laughs> she was Taylor Kitsch's girlfriend in that. Okay, right? you're the one who watched it. That's yeah, fine. Oh, it. Taylor Kitsch was in that. <laughs> he was. Oh, dreamy Taylor Kitsch. I, I remember what he looks like. I've interviewed Taylor Kitsch. He was nice. He's the Sam Worthington of Taylor Kitsch. He was Kitch in is. Friday Night Lights, so he gets a pass on everything else. I like Battleship. In my opinion. I was the guy who liked John <laughs> Carter. I'll throw it out there. He's fine. Great. Okay. okay. Everyone's just going to let that lay? Yeah. All right. So Dorothy is a nurse. She was a, yeah. in the opening scene, which is basically the opening scene of Harry Potter. Mm. She's left on on like Auntie mm. M's doorstep, and she has a She's tel- a mark. Yes, she has a, a mark tel- on her hand. Yes, she does. Little, little. She has a Harry Potter mark. She's got a, a little, it's like a pentagram of dots on her hand. Yeah. yeah, with like a little note that says, this is the chosen one, take care of her, we'll be back later. And then she she grows up, and, and she we, doesn't we, know her mom, and we she's all pissed. Le- we do learn the secret of that tattoo later on. Sort of. Sort Well, we learn... We like, still don't know who, the significance of it. Yeah, we don't know that she has it. No, right, it, 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 the, it's used to be the proof that is needed for that yeah. later. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But if she doesn't have that... The, the, per, the person who gives it to her just says, I gave that to you. Yeah. Okay, why? Why'd you tattoo an infant? That's well, weird. Get to that in season <laughs> three. <laughs> but um, yeah, she, uh, she doesn't know her birth mother that well. Uh, in the opening scenes, she goes to see her birth mother. Yeah, it turns out she's visiting out of for the first time ever, and she's got a lot of baggage. So Dorothy goes to see her. She is, like, shot and bleeding. There's in a, a dead guy in a trailer. There's a dead guy. The cops show up, and Dorothy's like, oh, thank God, the cops, and the cop tries to kill her. And then a tornado comes, mm-hmm. and she... She's Dwayne Oz. Dwayne Oz. In, in, a cop in the cop car. car with a with German a dog. shepherd. Yeah. Yeah, Toto is not her dog. 
No. Turns out. And it's not a little terrier either. It's a big, like, honking okay. huge German Shepherd. I prefer German, German Shepherd. Shepherds. German I'm Shepherds with, are hot. I was well, good with that interpretation. That is step one to showing that this is, like, the high octane. This <laughs> yeah. is this is the Wizard of Oz on steroids. No no more do we have this wimpy little terrier. Now Although I was German bummed at how Shepherd. little Toto actually played into this. Oh, yeah. like, he's, he's, he's just a dog. I know, but you're going to make him a German Shepherd. You think he's going to be, like, an attack dog? He's going to be, like, a... eventually. Yeah, sort of, a little bit. He's really... He, they write him off screen as much as they possibly can because working with a dog is hard. Not easy. The, the most useful thing Toto does throughout the entire series is at one point Dorothy uses him as a pillow. That's right. That's and really cute. And indeed, yep. his name, the dog's name isn't Toto. She doesn't know the dog's name. Nope. Mm. But she lands... So the she gets whisked with Oz <laughs> before. The cop car runs into the Witch of the East. Yes. The Mistress of the Eastern Wood. Excuse me, the yeah. Mistress... Which makes it better somehow. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes just There's calling a, her... All of a sudden it's badass. Sometimes they're, the, the witches are just referred to by their directions, so... Oh, yeah. Wes doesn't get a West. name. West is just West. West. To the extent that Maybe for that's a her while... Last name. For a while, I assumed that they were going to pull a switcheroo, that because they didn't call the Wicked Witch of the West Alphaba, mm -hmm. that maybe we were going to find out it was another character who actually becomes well, the they, witch. They re right. you know? Like Isabel Lucas, who plays like an acolyte of Glinda. Right. Like she was going to get green skin at some point and go, <laughs> oh, Did God. you see that James Franco movie? <laughs> I'm afraid I did. I kind of liked it. So they, they, they hit her, hit her in the car. And the, uh, the munchkins... Who are, are not called, munchkins. Not at who, all. Who are like big, big, dirty... Vikings. Tribal yeah, Vikings. skin-wearing yeah. tribal Vikings. They're like the Geats yeah. from Beowulf. But they are called the Munjakin. Yeah, they're called the Mun Munja... Apostrophe King. Munjakin. They're munchkins. Yeah. They really had to bend over backwards <laughs> to make the word munchkin sound kind of badass. Doesn't this sound like the kind of thing you would come up with at lunch in high school? <laughs> yeah, I actually For came your, up with uh, something D &D. very similar to this when I was in high school. What did it was you, just what, with what did you make badass? It was with Santa Claus. I made, tried to make Santa Claus as badass as possible. And I Go on. this big pitch procession. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop right now. You got to oh, tell us this pitch well, for Santa well, Claus, the badass action he, he was uh, He was a jolly old elf. Mm. He was an elf, and there are elves in this world, and one of the elves. Uh, left the elf world about 2,000 years ago and fell in with the Jesus. Like, the real dude. Oh, man. Went, went to the Middle East, fell in with Jesus, thought Jesus was pretty groovy. Was but the elf a dentist? No. Aww. Oh. The elf Missed just, opportunity. Yeah, you, come on, Wendy, bring it together. <laughs> sorry, the elf... <laughs> I'm sorry the elf wasn't a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> he was a podiatrist. I don't know. <laughs> Go on. I'm intrigued oh, by your narrative. And... and he, he, since he's an elf, he has like magical elf spells because that's what elves do in mm -hmm. my brain. And does he have the he, power of elf realization? He has the power of like summoning and creating objects out of thin air and figured that he could make toys out of thin air. So he, mm. you know, set up. He's a real elf starter. So pretty much. I'm going to throw tea in your face now. I'm borrowing <laughs> all of these jokes from Dudley Moore and Santa Claus the movie. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that makes it okay. That makes it okay. If, it, if it's a reference to a bad joke, it's less of a bad joke. Agreed. <laughs> uh, but he, he set up in sort of like a Fortress of Solitude-like thing in the North Pole, or is like this big badass crystal palace, and that's where he created toys. Who does he, he fight? Able... Yeah, who does Santa Claus kill? Yeah, well, he doesn't kill. He's... What? Well, he's not a murderer. It's not grim or gritty. <laughs> Sorry. 
But he does fight evil snow elves, and eventually he's deposed by said evil snow elves and has to flee into the world of humans once again, like in the present day. Directed by Tarsim Singh. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, so or, Dorothy. Or, or Neil Jordan, because it was the mid-90s. Dorothy ah. is, is in Oz now. Mm-hmm. and she's with, with the Munjakin. With the Munjakin. And they say that Toto is the their word for dog, so she calls it Toto. Because she's super creative. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Vincent D'Onofrio is the Wizard of Oz. And is it just me, or is he doing, like, Heath Ledger and Dark Knight? He's doing some sort of strange accent. I'm not exactly sure they what They were accents all over the board in this show. Yeah. And I think like they already know that the audience knows that the wizard is a charlatan. So like one of the first things we see is like he's got his fake beard and wig off and everything. And but um, what they don't reveal for a while is whether he's benevolent or an enormous piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, he is an enormous piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that from the get go. Well, yeah, because he's played by Vincent D'Onofrio. There is that. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio doesn't play hearty Santa Claus types. He'd be a great Santa Claus. He's very hearty. He'd be a scary Santa Claus. He'd be the best Santa Claus ever. He's a little too intense. Remember when he played Thor in Adventures of Babysitting? Yeah, it was great. It was great. (laughs) It was the best thing ever. He was Lily Taylor's very, very somewhat amiable boyfriend at Mystic Pizza. Okay, fine. I asked him. I've said this before. I asked him what was in Mystic Pizza. I asked him what the secret ingredient was. Mm-hmm. The memory serves. He said he believes they ordered Pizza Hut. They didn't actually get Mystic Pizza. So there you go. So yeah, he played... Uh, and the wizard has seen via his steampunk flying monkey robot cameras... A lot of steampunk in the show. A lot of steampunk. Yeah. <laughs> so the steampunk flying monkey robot camera... Yes. reports that a car has flown out of the sky. And this gets him up in a dander because he has heard of the prophecy. Mm-hmm. There's always a prophecy, guys. There's always a goddamn prophecy. Damn right there is. The beast <sighs> forever. The, as they, uh, another turn of phrase, like the mistress of the eastern woods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Winter is coming, and this time it's the beast forever. The beast forever is something, not necessarily a beast, like yeah. a physical monster. Some sort of force of destruction. That is going to wipe out his kingdom, and he's afraid of it. So he sen- he immediately sends soldiers out into the woods to find whatever this thing is and kill it. Because yeah. this beast forever had... Th- he came into power because he defeated it the last time it appeared 20 years earlier. Yeah, and last is, time it was like, what was a fire or it was something? A, I it was like a was tsunami a flood, wave a, yeah. flood thingy, so which you don't learn flood, until yeah. much later Somehow in the season. he defeated it by sort of raising giants, although he probably didn't actually do that. Exactly. Um, and uh, in the meantime, when it, once everyone said, oh, he defeated the beast forever. This is kind of like Frisky Dingo. Let's make him president. So they made him president. <laughs> and then he all of the witches like died fighting the beast forever, except for like three of them. Glinda, the so-called good witch, who isn't that good. Mm-mm. Played by Jolie Richardson. Yeah, awesome. Jolie Richardson. Everyone likes Jolie Richardson. She was in Nip Tuck. Yep. Uh, and, and then she is also joined by uh, the uh, West. West. The Just witch, West. witch of the West, who is played Who directed by... Con Air. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that was Simon West. No, and she's played by Anna Ularu, uh, who you may recall from Anaconda's Trail of Blood. Remember Anaconda's Trail of Blood? No. no. That was the one with Lyndon Ashby that was actually halfway decent at the end. Ah, Jonathan okay. Reese Davies gets like snaked to death. Remember? And he like oh, that's the he, one in the lab, right? Well, there's one of the two in the lab, and no, he ends no. up getting that like magic potion that cures his cancer, but and he's like, he's... "Yay, I have no cancer anymore!" Chomp. Mm. Like that. She was really good in that. No, good. I like my victims with no cancer in them. Yeah. Chomp, and, chomp, chomp. And sure enough, 
the obviously Dorothy ends up killing one witch. So we have two other women in enormous positions of power that we see mm-hmm. throughout most of the show. One of them runs a nunnery, and the other the one, one runs, runs a brothel. brothel. Uh-huh. The, there was the, literally the, a line about this in like episode three or four. And I actually I don't, respected I don't think the they, show for calling it. I actually I don't think did too. They, did, they didn't actually use the phrase virgin whore, but it's pretty obvious. Well, she says I she can says, be a nun. My or, choices are I can be a nun or a whore. Yeah, and, and like Glinda and, and West are right there, and they both go, eh, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> Look, you listen. Now, you sign up for the show. We, I don't know what to tell you. We eventually learn that there are the witches in this world. It's kind of I was a little unclear as to sort of the legality of witchery in this universe <laughs> because or who gets to be a witch yeah, and how some, you get to be some a witch. Like or, side the witches are on. You can't yeah. just become a witch. It's like they're wizards but, in, in but the Lord of the Rings. They're, pre- they're different. Like they're previously yeah. like mostly wiped out, but now they're all back. And some of them are like handmaidens, but some of them are just hiding around town. Well, the, the, and it's it's illegal, but it's not. I'm not really sure what's going on. It's clear that he is not he, like because. There's later episodes where it's 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 about science versus magic. Mm-hmm. He's clearly not interested in magic being a part of the world at all, so he's outlawed it. Yeah. But the three what do they call cardinal cardinal witches, witches. are like like well, under, he allows them to be as long as they're like acknowledge his rule and mm-hmm. and Glinda sends him the the nuns with the huge hat things basically and like, the idea as his is mm. yeah so Glinda has been like raising orphans they don't have magical powers right. that we know of but they're being trained to be super super smart but i feel like the entire time the Wizard of Oz, who we find out is named uh, uh, Frank, Frank Morgan. Frank Morgan, which is the name of the actor who played the Wizard of Oz yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in the original film. Um, yeah, so he's basically waiting for someone to call his bluff. Mm. He never called forth those giants. He actually doesn't know how to kill any witches, but they're scared of him anyway, and he's playing that card as hard as he can. Mm. He so, says it. He's like rule by fear, and he like literally yeah. takes it out on innocent citizens and and plays that trick on Glinda and West in like the second or third episode where they want to have a funeral for East. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just call her East. Um, and, and he like turns the tables on it by having people come and watch and so like the, the people will mm. believe that witches aren't as cool as they thought they were. And like, jokes he's, on him because that was a really machinist cool, here. The joke's on him because that was a really cool funeral. Like Anu Laru is like doing this weird kind of like interpretive dance about death and then she sucks out the spells from a corpse. It's pretty great. She sucks spells out of a corpse and then vomits them into a big vial in the following episode. Which he doesn't know about because it's the hidden thing, the hidden room that he doesn't know about with the magic. Yeah. Back to the high octane (laughs) Wizard of Oz crap. Uh, So Dorothy has to follow the Yellow Brick Road. The Yellow Brick Road is uh, poppy pollen. Now, mm-hmm. because without can, any poppies, yeah, ju- just, just a big pollen. trail of bright yellow pollen. Yeah, no, tra- no flowers trails to speak around of. through the gray landscape, and it's very tarsemi. Poppies don't really have that much. Pollen. There's there's the the evil living tree, but now it's sort of a split open tree with a flayed man trapped inside. Yeah. How would you like it if they picked flayed man off of you? <laughs> <laughs> and again with the names, this would be the prison of the abject. Uh-huh. This yeah. entire pilot, I was like, whoa, they're really pushing it with yeah, like, but, the titles so, and the names of yeah, things. The, the, the yeah. tree is the home of the prison of the abject, and there are people like being held down in the mud. Like you yeah. see them sort of half emerged from the mud. Like it would be sexy and, if we weren't told it was bad. Like you know, it looks yeah, really cool. It looks like that big statue from the end of that movie, The Devil's Advocate, with all of those mm. naked bodies flailing about on the wall. There you go. Um, and one of the witches that's buried there is the, the Moonjakins. 
Wife. His, yeah. Yeah. Ojo. Which is comes that in. Guy's yes. Name. His yeah. wife is buried. That will be important later. later. As indeed uh, most things will. I, I think they remembered near the end. It's like, oh, yeah, how about her? So Dorothy <laughs> runs about, does her thing, and in the first episode, she runs across the guy we will discover is basically the scarecrow. He's he doesn't co- have he's a, covered in straw. He's covered in straw. He's he has been, lost his memory, so he doesn't have a brain, and he's been crucified. Uh-huh. How badass is that shit? <laughs> You like that, don't you, audience? Does this get you off? Is this what you like? Is this what you like? Does this make it better? And uh, skipping ahead a little bit, so we have a scarecrow. We also have a Tin Man. Yes. And the Tin Man is is Jack Pumpkinhead as a human who gets pushed off of a balcony. By his best friend. By his best friend. He's crushed and he's replaced with this steampunk cyborg body that's all like clanky and you see his heart moving around yeah and it looks really cool and the body horror is really cool but god damn is that a stupid idea (laughs) (laughs) oh well and wait oh wait till we get to the lion oh and the lion the lion the lion was an afterthought tell us about the lion okay so to the lion so the the guy so the the loyal faithful us like king's uh wizard Oz's assassin uh, who is Amen. named e- Amen, played by Mito Hamada from American Sniper, Terra Nova, and State of Minds. We'll get to some more of him later. And, and he's got a big yeah. mane of hair yes, and big does. black eyes so, and, and like a Rubik's Cube-inspired suit Oh my of god, armor. the armor yeah. made me laugh and so hard. So stupid. <laughs> like this movie's, I mean this show's like all stylized and some of the yeah, costumes yeah. are gorgeous and the visuals and everything and then I saw their armor and I, I giggled. I was yeah. like, that is silly looking. It, mm. it, it looks like an action figure I would be embarrassed to own yes. when I was five. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really intimidating dumb. at all. Like, like made out of Lego. Like, like it's like really your, not. Your great. mom picked it up for. He's like, hey, I got you a toy at a garage sale. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks, mom. I yeah. guess I'll put it underneath my muscle yeah. man. Yeah, Fifth it's... rate He Man. It's what man? <laughs> and uh, but so the thing is, is that he's fighting. He's chasing after Dorothy. Mm-hmm. Turns out he knew the Scarecrow. Uh, and by the end, we find out that he actually killed the King and Queen of Oz at the behest. Of the Wizard of Oz. And when Ozma, Princess Ozma, returns, and we'll get to that later, mm-hmm. uh, she ends up cursing him so that this family doesn't remember him, and he is forced to wear a big cat hat uh, and wander the forest alone. Like a Julie Taymor outfit. It does look like a Julie Taymor outfit, so I'm kind of cool with it, honestly. If this was a musical directed by Julie Taymor, we would all be celebrating if, it. If it were a three-hour musical, I think I'd dig all over this thing. If this, yeah. this movie, this movie, this series is basically like, you ever go to the Labyrinth of Jareth? It's like that every week. Uh, yeah. It's pretty great. I've been to the Labyrinth of Jareth. It's awesome. You shut your mouth. It's great. Uh, I'm, I'm trying hard not to laugh at you It right was now. wonderful. It was a magical night. Twice. <laughs> I went twice. Uh-huh. I'll go again next year. Uh, next year I might actually have a good costume I'm for once. I'm sure it's magical. Shut up. <laughs> Everything about you is stupid. <laughs> so, so, so those are our four. However, they don't ever like band together and go on a merry quest. Well, these we have to just, wait for season two for that. Uh, these are just sort of the four players, and they're kind of... In fact, the Tin Man and his subplot, like... They it really goes in a weird they direction. They don't interact with Dorothy at all. Like, he, he's just sort of off no, to the side for most yep. of it. No, they never meet. Yeah, it's like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm sure is what they were which going I'm for. Sure, yeah. they, they would be very happy that you said that. So it's Dorothy, like Game of. That's how they pitched it. That's how they yeah. sold oh, it to easy. audiences. Even it's Wizard of Oz via Game of Thrones. So Dorothy, by coming in a cop car wearing cop stuff, uh, uh, she has a gun. She has a, a cop gun. gun yeah. She has a cop gun. And that's no one has that in Oz, even though there's steampunk shit. No one thought to make a gun. Mm. Um, so when it turns out she didn't quite kill the Witch of the East, uh, <laughs> she manages to trick the witch into shooting herself in the head. 
So the wizard <laughs> thinks, oh, this gun is what I need. This gun can kill witches. I need to get this gun. When I guess the actual rule is because only the only witches can witches kill can. witches. So she killed herself. All of them right. witches. She tricked the witch into killing herself. Therefore, witch be dead. <sighs> okay. All right, fine, fine. Great. Good times. <laughs> I will say, pretty shot. Oh, look, that actress who plays, um, oh, I'm going to look it up. Who um, plays East? Plays Portuguese. East. Yeah. She's, um. She looks like a model. Oh, she was at an Amazon in Wonder Woman. Oh, there you go. Okay. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And this shot, and she's got mm-hmm. the red dress and like the costume. Some of them were pretty cool in the show. And that, like you just, uh, that was a painting. It must that have been one particular really shot. cool to work in production design or costuming on this show. I would think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, Except the armor. The weirdest else. idea, like you, you, usually what happens, mm-hmm. I find, when you like, you're pitching ideas to a filmmaker, uh, like for costumes or whatever, you give them three ideas. Like mm-hmm. a couple of crazy ones and the one you really want to do. And I think Tarsum always goes for the crazy ones. And they're like, oh shit, that's going to be really expensive and take forever <laughs> mm. like and that's what we ended up doing for every scene in this stupid show yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite costumes were on uh, the, a character we haven't mentioned yet the princess Languedere. of the land of have languidia i agree oh she's great yes i like, she, I, I, I like yeah. the character she's my favorite part of the show actually i like mm-hmm. the character a lot i like that she was like a, a hateable person that you liked anyway mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and she had the best outfits she had a different mask in pretty much every shot in order to get to that we this isn't the kind of show where it's easy to talk about episode to episode mm-hmm. but we do have to talk about the basic plot of episode two because once we get episode two mm-hmm. then it just kind of sprawls out from that pretty yeah. organically at least at that point we've met all of the characters we're going to follow and like you said like all of the characters are on their own storylines pretty much throughout the whole season like there's a couple of times people come together but yeah, generally yeah, speaking yeah. this is you follow it's it's like you know soap operas when there's certain mm-hmm. storylines you just fast forward because you don't care about those people exactly. and then and you like st- then you land on the ones that you care about that I really almost really wanted to do that yeah. <laughs> as it was turns is what we're dealing with which, right which story would have you have fast forward through though anything with Dorothy Oh, Dorothy, oh. Not, she does not Sorry. have much to do. Uh, yeah, uh, she's the, wandering the, the around, waiting well for stuff to happen. Character in the her. show, anyway. the one whose motivations is all over the place. The actress was fine. I didn't buy the love story. Like no, the, all the the the, well, the, the side characters were so much more interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, anyway, they they spirit off to. They're being chased. Uh, Dorothy and the Scarecrow, mm-hmm. and they land in the hut of Princess Mombi. Mm-hmm. You may recall by... from Return to Oz mm-hmm. as the woman with a hallway of severed heads. Here she's played by Fiona Shaw, with whom everyone knows mm-hmm. as Harry Potter. Her, Harry Potter's aunt. Harry Potter's mean aunt. No, no, no. Uh-oh. I know her as the evil queen from uh, from Super Mario Brothers. Oh, my oh, apologies. Okay, okay. That, that's, that's much more dignified. That's a much better role. <laughs> that's Super Mario Brothers movie. That's better than at least half those Harry Potters. So, uh, fighting words. So Mombi <laughs> has been keeping a young boy named Tip. Yeah, uh, t- hidden from the world in a very Rapunzel-esque situation. Now, Tip, I think, in the books was from Earth. I don't know. I think he was also whisked away to Oz. No memory way. of it whatsoever. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different boy. That... No idea. Yeah, Tip is a character from the books. Neat. Yes, yep, a, a major yeah. one, actually. And uh, Jack is actually Tip's weird, like, Prince Charming. I don't know how they met, but he's there to rescue Tip from this horrible woman. Yeah, he's just she, this a wandering, errant, tip. white knight child. There's, yeah, like, she... a line later on that, like, we've been friends since we were kids. In my, in my head, I was like, how? Like, you're, if Tip's never kids, allowed yeah. out of your house, how did he meet Jack to begin with to be friends to the point where Jack is trying to rescue Tip from this house? Well, they met on Facebook. Jack. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Jack right. wan- wanders these sort of barren wastelands, sticking his head into random n- nutches windows. and openings <laughs> okay. and hoping he finds friends in there. Oh, um, so, uh, 
Dorothy and the Scarecrow, who needs medical attention, end up going into with with Mombi. There's a big fight with Mombi, and in the end, they all escape, including Tip, who it turns out, when he's not taking Mombi's magic medicine, is actually a girl. Turns into a girl. Yeah. Tip has always been a girl, and he was turned into a boy by Mombi in order to hide his identity. Mm. Because... Twisty twist turns out Tip is also Ozma. <laughs> yeah, the princess of Oz. Uh, and what I like about it is that Tip gets first off, Tip ends up sucking down the dead witch juice uh, that 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 West barfed into a cup. <laughs> so you know, later on in the series, that's a thing that happened. Um, and it gets all this magic power. And the first thing Tip does is become a is become a boy again because Tip is actually a man trapped in a woman's body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. That, it's one of the most actually thoughtful, interesting, layered ideas the show has. Yeah, and it's from the yeah. book. Like, the, yeah. the books. Like, that that exists. But I, I loved the actress. I loved the way that it basically, it's like a person in a, sort of an identity crisis and trying mm-hmm. to figure out well, whether or not the, you can... And the, both she and Jack are played by young actors. Yes. I think they're supposed to be, like, maybe 14 or so. That they're be, young. Give or take, sort yeah. of, Which makes they're, certain they're things of, that happen with Jack later a little... Well, well, but they're trying to f- like figure out their own identity, figure out who they are. That's mm-hmm. the age you do that. So it's total, totally appropriate. Totally yeah. appropriate. It, I wish it had addressed it a little bit more head on, but there's so much going on in the well, show that I didn't have time. And the yeah. only address, really, uh, other than that J- Tip wishes uh, she was a boy again, mm-hmm. or he was a boy again, I guess. That's her real identity. Um, God, it's confusing. Um, but... It only kind of like the tipping point when Tip is actually able to become a boy again proper. Mm-hmm. It's only like the, the end of the second to last episode. And then in the last episode, Tip needs to be a girl because no one believes that, that, he, that, that, that he's actually Ozma. Because so, they know Ozma was born as a girl. So he, he, turns, so he turns into she and Everyone she has a lot now, of growing right? up to do. Yeah. It's basically what it boils down to. And a whole bunch of witches have to eat a lot of crow. Not literally. You'd think because they're witches, but no. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Uh, okay. So, so Tip shoves so, so, her best friend Jack off a building for no goddamn reason. Well, like, he he, he kisses... He tries to kiss her. Her uh, slash him. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not sure if... And she has literally just found out that the, the truth about the fact that she was born a girl, yeah. even though he feels like a boy and the chemist says, you know, the medicine that you've been taking is mm-hmm. is, is been the thing that is, is, yeah. is the unnatural part of this. You're mm-hmm. naturally... A girl and and Jack, being I guess a fifteen year old boy, thinks, "Ooh, pretty girl, best friend. I'm going to kiss you now." I assumed he was into Tip before, and this just made his identity a little easier for him to swallow. Yeah, maybe so. Who's who's to say? Either way, he he leans in to kiss her and and overreaction on bit of an overreaction. (laughs) Shoves him off a building. He's basically like crushed to death. He dies. It's like RoboCop. And then yeah, (laughs) then, then he's rescued by this. Jane, Doctor Jane. Jane, a really cool, a really cool costume and a really cool set. He's rescued by those things. Very yeah. steampunk. And this is where the yeah. steampunk this really is the, comes steampunk into play. And she says, I saved your body, and she whips off the sheet, and he's got that tin body, and he screams. This whole, and yeah. it's actually kind of freaky, and I like that. Yeah, scene. and I, I love, love Gina McKee. Yeah. Gina McKee yes. plays Jane. She's, she's a, great. She's one of the saving graces of this show because she's, she's from Notting Hill. She's she is from Notting Hill. <laughs> I've always been a fan of her, and I, I wish she, she had and, bigger roles because he's like really having fun. Well, she's she's one of the only kind of mature, well spoken characters everybody else is so like over the top that and it's that kind of d- nice to have this note of humanity in all of this madness and her relationship with Jack being the one that saves him quote unquote and turns him into the Tin Man is a really interesting one and then you add Languadier in the mix and mm-hmm. I just think that that whole dynamic and this is all happening in Ev which is the country I, be- I guess is next to Oz and like yeah, it comes into play that like um, Ev 
you know, lost the the queen oh, and the other kids during the last time the Beast Forever attacked. Yeah, and, and they're the also the most technologically animals. advanced Big country. Time. The, I mean, every all the designs in that were, were, were yeah. fabulous. So I'm going to look up the Lands of Oz, because Ev is from the books as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's the Winky Country. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Munchkin Land. Munchkin Land. Uh, there's Ix. Of course. As I like to call it, oh, Nine. Golly. No, it's Ix. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and Frank Baum wrote a, a, like an adjunct story called Queen Zixie of Ix, which was actually one of the first Oz books I read, strangely enough. Huh. Um, what yeah, you got? Anyway, Kingdom of Ix, Land of Ev, uh, Land of Maryland. Oh, so Maryland. Mifkits. Hmm. The Dominions of the Gnome King. Oh, I oh, we didn't get to the Gnome King. Does, we we that did. Plays a well, you know what I mean. We did get to the we, Gnome King. Sort of. Kind no, of. well, we got we got th- this show's version of the Gnome King. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Jack is is put into a robot body. He's Robocoped by Gina McKee. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out that the princess basically owns him. Yeah, Princess well, Languadier. Well, because uh, Jane works for the princess. Jane works for the princess. The princess her ordered him to do that. Yeah, she uh, creates masks. She's played by Stephanie Martini, who is in a show I really need to watch called Prime Suspect 1973, where she plays a young Helen Mirren. Oh, weird. Ooh. Yeah. No I want to see that. I can see that. Doesn't that sound good? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, but she is great because initially you mm. think she's going to be like this super evil spoiled, villain. Spoiled brat. She's type, always yeah. in a different Labyrinth of Jareth mask. Uh-huh. And they're fantastic. Like they're every gorgeous. single one of them deserves an award. Yeah. Like it's so and gorgeous. Some of them are like kind of mesh, so you see her face a little bit, but some just block her face entirely. Yeah, and we find out later that uh, they were all designed to represent different emotions mm. and that they were all on her face so that no one would notice that she never aged because it turns out she's a robot. Which we learn at the end of the series. Very last thing, but it's really cool. And yeah, there's a scene where like she she's been killed, she's been shot, mm-hmm. and uh, by, by Jack. It was by, an accident. By Jack. It was. But an I like. I mean, again, but, yeah, their story is the most interesting. I like their story. It was mm-hmm. fun. And uh, Jane like sort of just thunks her body down, takes out a scalpel, and just starts digging into her face. And Jack's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And we peel off the face, and she's got robo face underneath. Yeah. Which reminds me, we need to get the bionic woman at some point. We'll get to it. Um, But, uh, so she owns Jack. She basically takes Jack and makes Jack, at first her servant, then her uh, indentured friend, and then eventually eventually her lover. Mm. And at first she was like, oh, that's kind of icky, but it turns out she's a robot, so I guess it's all fair. Hot robot on robot action. Dibs. You know, it works out (laughs) great for everybody. But then Jack actually falls for her, and then when the wizard ends up engineering the situation in which she is murdered by Jack, Jack just grabs an axe and starts chopping everybody up, and he's really freaking out. Like, I actually, like, felt really bad for him. Like, towards the end of the series, even though it's super contrived, everyone was, all the characters started getting way more emotionally invested in everything they were doing to the extent that even if they were irrational, I was kind of digging it because the initial first couple episodes of the show are very much, and here's this character. We're just sort of set, putting the pieces yeah. into place. It's in, yeah. Isn't it interesting that we made this badass? Don't you like that? And well, by the end, I, people actually give a shit. So well, I was I, actually I, more liking it by the end of the series. I wish they were there was a way to do that without falling back on that really boring old fantasy, fantasy trope of just set putting two kingdoms at war with one another. Mm. 
Because that that's when something just it, it's when it falls apart. It's like, well, we, what do you want them to do? Have a bake sale? Like, what's the plan? I, I want them to have a different type of conflict than war. I mean, I, in I fact, get that in the, the like the phys, like the physicality the, of it. Like, you look at Lord of the Rings. You look at a Star Wars, for God's sake. You look at Harry Potter. Potter. It. It's a, it's all about mm-hmm. getting soldiers on a field and having them fight each other. And it's like you just ran out of ideas at that point. Mm-hmm. But do you, you don't know how was... to come up with more interesting emotional conflicts for these characters. So you just have them fight. Out. Did you ever read Patricia C. Reed's Enchanted Forest Chronicles? No, they're I great. Even, I don't even know what that is. It's about it is about a princess who doesn't want to marry a prince, so she volunteers to be kidnapped by a dragon. Okay, she goes to the dragon and says, "Would you mind kidnapping me because I really don't want to marry this guy?" Mm. And then it's all about etiquette. Okay. It's all about uh, uh, various trials people have to perform in order to become kings and queens and things. There's conflict. There's like evil wizards or anything, but it's never a war. Okay. It's always just underneath the surface. Yeah. There's also a short story in which someone has a frying pan that turns you into a boiled egg. That's that sounds Bong, fun. boiled egg. Done. <laughs> it could have been mildly in, violent, not that bad. Could have been in this show. That's great. Just, just I I don't know what it is about fans of high fantasy that they seem to long for just that gigantic war. Do they want war? Is that what they want to see in their fantasy entertainment? I think war is they, easier they, to grasp they, when it's about something as simple as monsters bad. I suppose But that so. wasn't the, that, the interesting-ish thing about where this all sort of leads is who's the bad guy, who's the good guy? I mean, mm. I know ultimately the Beast Forever, but like everybody thinks the Beast Forever is something that it doesn't end up being. Uh-huh. But that final conflict... It's. I don't think Glinda's a good guy. I don't think the wizard's a good guy. I'm mm. not even entirely sure Dorothy is half yeah. of the time. Dorothy is good so, by default because well, when she way, does something bad, she doesn't know what she's doing. It's the trend of like Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad. It's just right. all, all of the characters have now fallen, and that's kind of the the drama they're going for. Right. We're not lo- watching good people anymore, well. and we're trying to in making them all bad or ambiguously moral or presumably making them more interesting. Although in this case, maybe not. It's just sort of falling back on a lot of fantasy cliches that I don't like. So I wish there was less fighting. So when the Tin Man finally takes up an axe... Uh, uh, Did you think it wasn't going to happen? I I figured he would, but like, why isn't he just a woodman? He's not a woodman. He's just a psychopath with an axe who's cutting down soldiers. We don't need to build a robot to chop wood. Why would you build a robot and only use them to chop wood? We have sex with those robots, Whitney. That's why we built the robots. (laughs) In the books, that's why they built the robots. Uh, For the sex. No, well, no, to chop wood. And it's subtext. But he he had a cursed axe and he cut, cut off his limbs until there was none of him left. Really? Yeah, that's the story from the original book. That's fucked up. (laughs) That's that's... terrible. That's not a movie. That's terrible. They cut off his head and they replaced his head. Jesus balls. You can't do that. That's worse than this. Thanks, L. Frank Baum. <laughs> it's L. Frank Baum, right? L. Frank Baum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes I want to say Frank L. Baum. The, the L stamp stood for Lyman, and he hated his first name, so he went mm. by L. Frank. Nice. <laughs> I'm L. William Bibiani. Are you? No. <laughs> but it's fun. trying it out. It's fun. I'm trying it out for size. So there's there, like a fat So we skipped to the end. Yeah. We did skip <laughs> to, to the end. The end. It just there's other kinda, pieces that get us there. I was about to say, yeah. like, like a what fat we in the dachshund just sort of sags in the middle. Well, because there's this whole bit well, where Dorothy a finds side. a small child who turns out to be okay. a witch. And okay, okay. Really here's the confusing stuff is the witch stuff is honestly the most confusing. Yeah, I, because I'm, like, they, who's a witch? How do they get to be a witch? There's not The witch is supposed to be wiped out, but now there's a whole school of witches that Glinda is actually... Yeah, so so Glinda has the handmaidens that she's training in school, but she also secretly has like 
an X-Men school for hidden witches right. mm. that she's training to be witches in her ice castle. And previously it turned out there was only one witch, the mother of all witches, who gave birth to like a thousand witches. So, so be, be, she had a they, very busy life. And they make it seem like that's the only way you can be a witch. At least that's when, when they mm. had they told a story, uh, Mistress South, this, yeah. this would be South, um, is the only way you can be a witch is if you were born to her. But that doesn't explain how... Dor- where Dorothy's powers comes from. It doesn't explain Oh yeah, Dorothy's Ozma a witch, by the way. Sort of, is she? Because ways. what Ish. happens is when she kills the, the the Wicked Witch of the East, or the Wicked, the Wickedy, the East Lady. East Lady. When she kills East Lady. <laughs> East Bound and Down. East Lady, well, they don't have the rights to the ruby slippers because those are owned by the by the movies. And there's no the ruby books. slippers in the books anyway, yeah. so it so, doesn't matter. Silver, silver But that's what people know. So they have put rubies in there somewhere. Yeah. So they give her ruby gauntlets that only show up when it's convenient. Mm-hmm. And it gives her... Fine with that. I'm they fine call with it. That's fine. They actually look really cool. Uh, uh, so I don't t- care. T- t- Tarsem, you, you know, Tarsem wanted her to wear those things on her hands at all, all times. <laughs> they had to, they had to compromise because they're expensive and we might break them. Um, so, but they're called the elements, and she can use them to mess up the weather and magicy magic things. And then okay. she does that, that, and I don't know if she's a witch or if she just got those because she killed a witch. And it's she, like she she like only a witch can kill a witch. I don't know. This is okay, my problem. So, so yeah, it's it's a little confusing. <laughs> the whole witch mythology, like the Bene Gesserit, is clearer than this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's from, that's from Dune, darling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, Oz is the mind killer. It, it, it's the little death that brings total obliteration. Yeah. So she has to use the magic gauntlets at one point to infiltrate the Witch of the East's castle to stop a perpetual tornado that is also, I think, a permanent portal back to Earth. I don't think or it's a portal permanent. To something. A portal to something. Like it's, it's a, a portal. It's, it's a dimension yeah. hopper thing. Well, and we find out eventually. There's a flashback where we see how the wizard got there, and mm-hmm. also how Jane got there, right. and also how Dorothy's mother got there. Even though it turns out Jane is Dorothy's real mother. Twist. <laughs> um, but basically, they were a bunch of. Did nuclear- you catch that? Jane, the one who built the Tin Man, is secretly Dorothy's. Mother. And if you haven't figured it out so far, there's lots of twists. Yeah, and lots of uh, surprises. You can't see it. She just coming. used like forty air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> they were all nuclear scientists in in our world God. who were building some sort so of stupid. nuclear tornado. When Vincent D'Onofrio, so they, so who wait, isn't on, like a on, fish, hang on. hang on. They were in a Sci-Fi Channel original movie called yes. Nuclear Tornado. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the Sci-Fi original series Tin Man, which I didn't uh, Neil see. Neil McDonough. Was it good? I watched because of Neil McDonough. Was, was, so, but was, was Neil, it good? Was Neil McDonough the Tin Man? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. And the Tin Man was like the cop. Yeah. Right, it was like a badass cop. It was like Blade Runner, but Wizard of Oz. Something. Did he have like a big lines. two-handed battle axe or something? No, it was like this. It was like trying to like modern people in like a grittier Oz world. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do we need to make Oz gritty? I don't. Oz because is, we have to do something I mean, with it. The, the books are like kind of surreal. They do have, a, I guess, a bit of a nightmarish quality through certain passages. But more than anything, they're more like. They're not quite Lewis Carroll levels of whimsy, but they're pretty whimsical worlds. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it come down to, to like, okay, if FX or AMC or HBO wanted to make it gritty, like, mm-hmm. then they could go there, whereas yeah. this is half-assed part of the time. Not because yeah. it's not Tarsum Singer or because they didn't have a ridiculous mm-hmm. budget, but because it's NBC. 
Yeah. yeah. It so has to be super to, conventional. They had to sort way. of scale back on the violence a lot. I'm sure they wanted the, to show a lot more oh, blood. Well, sure. the, the violence, I'm sure they would, would prefer it to be sexier. They yeah. would prefer it to be more political because everything the wizard is doing is talking about ideas of fascism mm. or the communist overthrow of religion. Mm. The idea of the beast forever is for a while kind of a metaphor for climate change, but then it turns out that the wizard is actually demonizing magic, but magic is real. So I guess God is behind climate change and we didn't do any I don't know <laughs> damn it Emerald City make up your mind doesn't work so in any case uh, all of these people were scientists at a nuclear tornado factory Denzel D'Onofrio I don't know if he was like their mascot did he work there he's like the sad kid? sack one who's in love with the scientist but they he thinks they all treat him badly and he just mm. wants to be noticed and recognized but he's not and he's, he's not smart he's not a smart scientist they even talk about him that someday we'll get you a lab coat like they're super condescending mm-hmm. I thought he was like the janitor who was super bright and they were really nice to him yeah like I don't like that, I don't know yeah. if he's actually a scientist I guess he's okay he knows some stuff because he's able to sabotage the nuclear tornado and send them all to Oz. And then when Gina McKee's like, I talked to this East lady. She's not nice, but she's willing to send us back because we're messing up the environment. And Vincent D'Onofrio's like, well, I don't want to. Like, but you should. I, I was no one back home. I, I might be somebody, I'm somebody here. You. Oh, yeah. God. And, and, and everyone's just like, but we have to go you know what, because reasons. Vincent D'Onofrio does sell that moment, though. Like, because he, 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 he's he, Vincent he, he, play, he plays the pathos very well, and he's a very talented actor. So when he says, I was nobody back home, you feel it. I think it's funny. <laughs> it's that it's moment, okay. It's a, cliche, <laughs> it's a cliche line of dialogue, but I think Look, he sells yeah. it. In, in Daredevil, Vincent D'Onofrio plays like the best Marvel Universe villain we've ever had, except for maybe the Purple Man. But. Here, he's playing, like, an amazing Spider-Man 2 villain. He's got, like, one big emotional beat, and then he's just got to overact. Yeah, and with his weird accent that's yeah. from everywhere. That's, like, all he's got, really. And honestly, I felt kind of bad for him. Like, he's able to get, like, a lot of the good lines and a lot of the meaty scenes, but this is kind of pitching underhand to yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio. I feel like Vincent D'Onofrio could do this in his sleep. Yeah, yeah. Probably just showed up. You got to, you got to wear this... Ultra magenta robe mm. and stand against some turquoise backgrounds because everything looks amazing. And there's Do a I lot get of to Indian flip switches and, and levers? And yeah, you get to pull big levers and Ooh. blinking gigantic light bulbs, which we have in Oz. Tell me about the robot monkeys. Are there robot monkeys? There are, there are robot monkeys that you have with a little crank in their head so you can turn the. I guess they're film strips inside the monkeys' heads. Awesome. So they do have I get an, cellulose. Do I get an army of film. nuns at my beck and call? Yes, and they have gigantic funny Guinan hats. Sold. <laughs> you have Vincent D'Onofrio. What are you going to do with him? <laughs> We're going to give him cliched supervillain dialogue and have him start a war with the, the witch kingdom. And he's just... Queendom. It, 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 everything that he does is so quintessential monomania villain type. Yeah, he's not, not, stuff. A, not a very like, nuanced character. No. <laughs> oh, like, like he, okay, so he was no one. He wants to be someone. He's in a new place where maybe he can be someone. Okay, cliche, but fine. But then he just does shitty things <laughs> for the rest of the time. And so, he's not like, that clever, actually. That's and, the thing. Yeah. I thought he was supposed to be like super. Like, if you look at, I know it's not a great movie. I liked it more than most. But Oz the Great and Powerful. The whole idea is mm. it's just about how he conned everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the idea. That's the idea behind the story, and that's a good idea for a story. I'd like to see how the wizard conned everybody into thinking he was an actual wizard. And I think when that movie works, that's the level it works on. Mm. 
Uh, here, we see after he's conned everybody, but after a while, I stopped buying that he was able to do it. There's like one well, thing he does that's they... pretty clever, which is he Trojan horses mm. uh, the princess of Ev. Yeah. And that's actually like pretty clever, and I actually didn't see it coming. I was I, pretty good. But I like, I think the idea it. is that he's sort of like at the edge of his power and his fear is justified by the fact that he's probably going to be deposed any day now. So he's going to do whatever he can to keep... I think that's what they were kind of trying to go at with his mm. mania. If that's true, then he was being really stupid with, like, not... Like, he underestimated Glinda and, like, underestimated that all... She's providing him all the nun ladies mm -hmm. to be his counsel and whatnot. And it takes until, like, what, episode six for him to realize that they're actually spies. Yeah, but the, the, the one that was actually working with him wasn't a spy, but that's the one that he decided to shoot in, like, you know, a supposedly yeah. shocking moment. So, that, like, <sighs> he he's... If he, if he is aware that, like, he's on the edge of his power, he's not really playing it too smart. I don't know. He's not, I think he's not smart. Yeah, and you okay, would think he wouldn't line. be smart. Here's two options. There's two ways I think he can play it. Mm. There's, he's super smart and he's conning everybody and you never know what he's going to do. And he's basically like Satan, you know? He's mm. a super trickster. You can make that work. Loki, whatever. Or you could have him be... It's, he's like Trump. Like, how did I get here? I don't know. I'm just doing anything I can. <laughs> I'm absolutely in over my head. Yeah, this was an, a total accident. I didn't mean to run for Wizard of Oz. I put my name in, and somehow I accidentally won in a landslide. Oh, God, what do I do? I'll just flail around, and everyone will think it's smart. It turns out it was hackers from Ix. Yeah, there you put go. Put off it. <laughs> like, maybe. I, I, I don't know. But, like, they're kind of trying to have it both ways. And it's, yeah, it doesn't really amount to much with him. He dies by the end. He's killed by Gina McKee, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. There's this bit where Dorothy has got him in this like weird nuclear tornado chamber and she's trying to get him to send her back home and they miss the opportunity to say, I can't, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I can't come back. I don't know how it works. He never says that. Like, how do you miss that opportunity? It's well, so I, great. You can tell they're trying to skew as far away from, from the, the Victor Fleming film No, but they, they reference it all the time. Like, when uh, uh, Dorothy is kidnapped by West, the first thing she says, it's right before the credits, is, are you a good witch or are you a bad witch? Well, yeah. Like, they, they throw it in there. That's true. And, and near the end, when uh, West has fallen in with Ozma and says, yeah, I, you know, I used to be something of a witch. They used to call me wicked. <laughs> Wicked, by the way. Mm. Do you know the backstory to Wicked? The play? The, yeah, the musical. Or, or, the, book, I, or the Gregory it, Maguire book. Vaguely. Way stupider than this. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not going to get into it. because. But, yeah, great music, though. Sure. Music's great. <laughs> okay. If There's you, nothing if, that can stop you from if becoming you, popular. If, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't know like just how strange that was, but yes, yeah, so, uh, a friend of mine read me like a, a synopsis of Wicked, and uh -huh. it's like the, the even more bonkers than this. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's it's about as bonkers, I think. Is it's it fun. weird that we've covered most of the stories and we've barely talked about Dorothy? No, because he's really not that important. She shows yeah. up, she instigates the plot, but honestly, when you think about it, with the exception of the whole bit with the gun, mm. she brings the gun to the wizard. The but wizard, the, the the wizard the, tries to make, build a bunch of guns because so he, he thinks guns can kill all the witches, mm. which ends up being ineffectual anyway. But other than that, pretty much this whole thing would have happened anyway. Well, right, because yeah. the so plans the, were in, like, Glinda's plan was in motion yeah. to overthrow anyway, mm. and, like, whether or not the Beast Forever, 
it seems like would have come around whether or not Dorothy mm. let him out. Because then it ends up I, being Dorothy that lets the I, actual Beast Forever I out. guess Dorothy is personally responsible for freeing Tip so Ozma could return and take back the okay. kingdom. I guess that but, probably wouldn't have happened. So, yes. so, but so she, she starts the ball rolling in almost maybe every storyline. Like she's like pushing it along mm. and then she's just there. She's an instrument yeah. of chaos. Uh, well, and, and that she, it's so frustrating that I, I mean I'm glad that the uh, the Princess of Ev and Jack kind of had their own story because we got to see that dynamic develop. And they're great yeah. and, that was, yeah. and they were really great together and I love the characters in that particular story. But if we have Dorothy and we have the Wizard of Oz, shouldn't she be the lead character in all of this? Shouldn't she be... Shouldn't we be with her the whole time rather than just sort of skipping around and seeing these various kingdoms start sniping at one another? I think they overestimated how invested we would be in her romance with the Scarecrow. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I, I think that was supposed so. to be carrying it. He's this sexy guy with amnesia. They're going to fall in love. And then about eh, two-thirds of the way through the series, after they fucked... Mm. Uh, we're going to find out he's actually married to Glinda and was all part of her plan to take over Oz. Mm. Then he gets his memories back and he tries to kill Dorothy and she ends up nailing him to a cross again. Mm. Because full circle, guys. It comes, everything comes full circle. Uh, would, the Tin I Man was, ends I up was, like, dis- like pulled apart in a field. So my, he's uh, kind of stuck and the, uh, the lion is stuck wearing a cat hat. My uh, my my hope, and I knew this was going to be the grim and gritty version, and maybe this was a little too over the edge, but that she was going to have to kill the scarecrow and taxidermy him with straw. Ooh. That would, like she needed his body for something, and she was going to taxidermy his body. It's actually going to be a straw man. I thought that would have been pretty cool. Because you talk about like we were like you were emotionally invested in Jack's like the culmination of Jack being very upset about what happened to Lane. He was a very passionate character. I bought it. They Mm -hmm. wanted us to feel the same thing when Dorothy was fighting Lucas slash Rowan, depending on which name you want to use for the the you know lover boy here. But like that moment where like he is so torn because he loves Glinda, but when his memory of her was gone, he fell in love with Dorothy and he can't kill her, and she's telling him kill me, and he's like I can't, and I'm like oh my. God, get me out of the seat. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I just not, I didn't care. I did not care at all. So who is the actor who played played Lucas? Oh, I got it here. Uh, he was Oliver Jackson Cohen, who was... Uh, he was in Dracula. He, he was in Dracula. He was in the Stuart, uh, Stuart Townsend? Uh, no, uh, Jonathan... Reese Myers. Reese Myers. I get them confused. Jonathan, oh, yeah. He was in the Jonathan Reese Myers Dracula, which was also canceled too soon, and we'll get to that at some point in the future. He's also in the upcoming Mike Flanagan Netflix series, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, no kidding. Which actually sounds really cool, okay? Because Mike Flanagan's doing it, and B, because it's Shirley Jackson. It's a badass. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. He, he, uh, I'm not sure how much charisma he's had in these other shows, but he is a charisma dead zone here. He's just sort of good looking. You think he it's looks like, it's like, like he's mopey. He looks like Toby Kebbell, but he has none of that darkness or weirdness that Toby Kebbell has. Yeah. He, like I'm thinking of the show, and like I have to like concentrate to fill the spot. That I, you he know occupies. what I th- first thought when I saw him? At least once I saw him, like when he's not covered in straw, like on a cross or whatever. Once he's cleaned up a bit, I was like, "Wow, Joseph Fiennes has been working out, and he has a time travel machine." <laughs> he looks like a hunky, hunky Joseph Fiennes, like if he like did some push-ups. Mm. You know, like that that's what I got. Long out. face. Yeah, like he just. But this is something we've uncovered a lot. And in, in, in a lot of our shows, which is I find often women on TV tend to have 
more opportunities to have a personality, and way more guys just have to be bland and attractive. Yeah. Like, so many male stars of, especially bad shows, but generally yeah. genre shows, are completely interchangeable. Yeah, in fact, we, uh, we've we reviewed the show Point Pleasant, which is yeah. about the, the devil moves to a, a rich Jersey town. And I couldn't name those there, actors if there you put were, a gun to my head. There were two hunky young men, and we were first introduced to them. They both have their shirts off. They're wearing identical trunks. They have the same hair. They clearly have the same trainer, because even their abs <laughs> look the same. And I could not, like, I was confused throughout the, the entire length of the series, oh, which geez. one was You which. could replace the male lead, you could replace the guy who plays the scarecrow in this mm. with the guy who plays the daughter of the devil's uh, boyfriend or would-be boyfriend in Point Pleasant mm. with the guy who plays the, the sexy uh, love interest of the cop from Alcatraz. With anyone yeah. from Battlestar Galactica in 1980 and your set. Or even that guy from Guilt. Fuck, yeah. what guy from Guilt? The, the, the boring, good-looking guy. You mean Doubt. Or Doubt, sorry. The I, other I Guilt. I them out. You could also say that about any <laughs> guy I, I from Guilt. Any guy from Guilt, for that matter. Yeah, yeah it's so, the curse of our show. <laughs> so, okay. so, yeah, w- women, even if they're, like, sort of cast as sex pots, mm-hmm. at least you have, like, the brunette sex pot and the blonde sex pot, and you can, you tell, can them tell them apart. apart. There's some <laughs> effort made to differentiate them. Men just they, have to sort of be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Women get Betty and Veronica. Guys get, like, the Archie that's in the background. You can't even see him. Well, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are actually watching Riverdale right now who are mad at you for making that decision. Oh, well, all right. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about the old Archie, pre, pre-Riverdale. I was talking to my wife about uh, that Riverdale show. I watched the pilot, and I heard it gets better, but I wasn't interested. In... She, she was just like, um, what, Jughead isn't asexual anymore? Why would I be interested? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Jughead's having an affair with somebody, or he's bisexual, or something. I don't know, or, or don't care. Know. We're good. Yeah. When they bring in the super hardcore R-rated Sabrina the Teenage Witch comic and they make that a series, mm-hmm. then I'm down. She, she was like committing acts of cannibalism with her aunts and everything in that mm-hmm. book. It was awesome. <laughs> it was really cool. Doesn't seem yeah. CW-like to me. It seems so, pretty CW-like to me. I saw a zombie. <laughs> I, will, I will say this for Emerald City. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Tarsam is behind it, and he has... And he directed a, every episode. Every, yeah. all, every single episode. He is not a creator. He just directed them all. And uh, it's all his look, it's all his pacing, that he created such a freaky, unique universe. I was kind of digging on the show for good long stretches. Whenever they introduced some freaky new concept, it at least felt like they were doing something striking and original. And it was so strange that it felt, I'm not going to say it felt fresh, but at least was interesting to look at. Mm. And that the style was so strong that I was starting to feel like, hey, this is kind of its own entity, even though it's the Wizard of Oz. Mm. But then the plot would happen. And it would, <laughs> so it's, it's like wonderful to look at. The design is great. The photography is great. All of the setups are really fantastic. It is just gloriously cinematic. And the story is rock stupid. So it's, it's really difficult to root for the show when I'm looking at it and I'm just bored by it at the same time. Yeah. Kind of dazzled and also bored. Well, in any case, before we close it up and we talk about where it would have gone and officially if it was canceled too soon, Mm. uh, it does, it ends on a cliffhanger as you can imagine. Uh, There's a big war. Ozma is put back in her seat of power with the West, with West West at her side. Mm. Uh, Glinda uh, defeats uh, the wizard in battle. She defeats his armies with her army of young preteen witches, which I'm not sure is appropriate, but okay. Pretty sure they should <laughs> who, be in school. Who all get shot, by the way. There's a yeah. scene where, like, a, a 
army of, of small kids. An army of junior high girls is gunned down. But they're fine. Because the only witch can kill the witch. There you go. Um, and uh, Glinda and West might team up together, but it turns out that Dorothy, when she raised an army of giants that literally does nothing... Yeah, they kind of stroll around and then they crumble. I like, <laughs> really feel like that they were looking for something for Dorothy to do after yeah. she strung up her boyfriend, and they were like, well, how does she fit into all this? Because yeah. her whole motivation is like, it's if for a while it's to get back home. For a while it's to... Find her mom. Find her mom, yeah. and then for a while it's to kill Glinda, but then it's just to stop the war from happening. And oh, it's to protect the little baby witch, the little mute mm-hmm. mute witch. It was Sylvie. so boring that I don't even care when I. And we're just supposed to it. care that she cares about a little girl. And like, mm-hmm. I understand her empathy for the young witches because Glinda's pushing them too hard, and some of them are like getting all messed up for it. And right. so like, there's pieces of that. But then you have this final battle, and so, some a writer was probably like. Well, what is, what does Dorothy contribute to said battle, and how whose side is she on? What's she gonna do? Well, first she's got to set, uh, she's got to free the beast forever, uh-huh. and then she's got to be told the secret spell to have stone giants. But then the stone giants get taken out by said little witch. Well, okay, right? here's what she does. Yeah, she goes, something like that. She goes to the adjunct of witch mud pile, mm-hmm. and she goes to free all the witches. Thinking we have this army well, of witches and we they, can free them, okay. but she gets there too late, and the wicked witch of the west has already freed them, so she has no army. So so she goes to one of the. So she goes to the dying Munjakin's wife, who unleashes the giants, who immediately crumble. But as a thank you to the Munjakin's wife, who does nothing useful and then dies, she lets out the gnome king, who uh-huh. is like flayed, rips off skin, starts putting it on. It's like a scene from Hannibal. Yeah, and then, and then he just turns into a dragon. He flies over everyone. It's like, oh shit, that's probably not good. And then she's back in Kansas and she's bored and then the scarecrow comes back and says we have to come back because I'm Samantha Mathis at the end of Super Mario Brothers the movie <laughs> and the the you end. guys aren't gonna believe this cut to black yeah uh, yeah. Skeletor at the end of Masters of the Universe. I'll be back. No, Again, you won't. You the, were canceled. The visuals are great. I love the scene <laughs> of a flayed man emerging from cool. a dying tree and pulling they his skin. They really went full skin. horror several yeah. times like, in the He show. pulled his skin down off of the tree and put it back on. That's great. That's amazing imagery. That's a, that's a Shelley poem right there. Mm. It's fantastic. What? Why? Why did that happen? Well, who is that character? It's the Gnome like, King, right? I'm not crazy. It's yeah. the Gnome okay, King. Okay, they, okay. they don't yeah. call him the Gnome King, but we know that because we've read the Oz books. But yeah, I, th- I just know because it's not Return to Oz. Yeah, it's 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 the Gnome King who's kind of like this this uh, recurring villain character from the Oz books. I'm not. Sh- I don't How does the Gnome Mobile fit into this? That's a different movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm, I'm wondering how the Gnome Mobile and Darby O'Gill and the Little People overlap. But uh, oh, there's that Disney shared universe we've been talking about all this time. Uh, it's it'll happen. They'll do it's it. It's only a matter of time. Gritty reboot. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know how it all fit together or why it happened. I just it was cool when it did. How do okay, Rachel? If this series had lasted a hundred episodes. Where do you think it goes, and how do you think they pad it out? <laughs> yeah, really, because that's the problem, right? Um, well, th- I think that the areas that it was actually starting to hint at that were interesting towards the end was Ozma, and like like taking back ruling of the city, and like what that entail, and she has to make that decision about what to do with the cowardly lion, and it was actually a very interesting take on the idea of do you rule by love or do you rule by fear, mm-hmm. and like and what. You know, she obviously has West in her corner, but that last scene between West and Glinda, Glinda wanted 
full power, and she yeah. ca- she comes back from beating the wizard, and she comes back and Glenda she was sees, a bad witch by right, the end of this. But, so. Right, and so she sees Ozma basically sitting where she planned on sitting, and she wants magic only in this world where mm-hmm. Ozma's thinking we can actually balance out this whole science magic thing. So, like, mm-hmm. I felt like that there were, forgive me, Game of Thrones-like, you know, <laughs> dynamics oh, there. I don't, that, nothing to forgive. They were going for that, it. That, that, to me, would be the interesting things going forward. Mm. Gnome King, I don't know, it's just another big giant bad that ultimately probably means all the other players would have to band together to beat at some point, which well, is... And you know that, because we didn't really get a good look at the Gnome King, you know that that would be like, okay, well, we lost Vincent D'Onofrio, we only had him for one season. Right. Who do we get for season two? Who's, like, pretty good, like, maybe mm. had an Oscar nomination once, but now doesn't do a lot. Like Tom we, Hulse. I was gonna say John Malkovich. Oh, okay. Well, you can get John Malkovich TV. for one season, you can do that. Maybe. I guess you can get him. him. He, did, he did a TV show recently, he was a pirate, wasn't he? Some oh, sort of know. pirate. We never request for him as black some, sales. Or yeah, something some sort of show where he's a pirate. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he can be show. a pirate. He can be a gnome king. Why not? Hmm. I, Done. If it's even a person, it I wore like human a dragon. skin. Yeah, well, I guess. Why yeah, do you maybe, put on human skin if you're just going to be a dragon? I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe shape shifting. I'm sure. The, I'm sure they had something up there. Some sort of bullshit excuse. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. The least interesting part would be Dorothy coming back because, like, I just don't well, care. Really don't. Dorothy isn't in all of the Oz books. That's they, true. They change protagonists pretty frequently. And Ozma's in much bigger. Yeah, Ozma's in a, a much bigger player. Yeah. Tip is a bigger player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ojo is a bigger player. Like uh, oh, I, I think he's in the. Yes, he did. He was hit on the back of the head by the. He's probably by... fine. Yeah. He'll he'll be back. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> in our hypothetical season. What, what I'm yeah. concerned with is you know they made Emerald City. They made all of the things we're familiar with because of the movie. Mm-hmm. So we have all those characters. Are we going to continue with those characters, or are we going to go deep into the L. Frank Baum canon? To pull out like TikTok and the pat- I think I think the they get there. Girl and I all think the rest. that they would have to to some extent, but they they stranded all of our characters. I mean, one mm. strung up on a cross, one is chopped into bits on the field. The cowardly lion's running around doing cowardly. I don't know. In a cat hat. In a cat hat. So like, I I I'm Chased sure if they were thinking all the way down the line that they were thinking about the movie and bringing that team together in yeah. some way, shape, or Dorothy form. will have to walk around. She'll see the scarecrow without his brain right back where he started. They'll have to fix the Tin Man. She'll have to meet the Cowardly Lion. It would be good. It would have been yeah. interesting to see her dynamic with the, the, the Tin Man and the Lion because she had none, mm-hmm. really, with them. Mm-hmm. In, in the, so I could see that they probably had that in the back of their heads. But I don't necessarily know that they would have gotten any better with the things that Whitney was talking about that they weren't doing well in the first place, which is just the general plotting of it all. Yeah, yeah. and plotting really is a pretty good way of putting it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a rather plotting show. But I'm going to tell you something right now. When it comes right down to it, was it canceled too soon? I'm going to say yes. I think by the end of this, I was actually digging on its weirdness, <laughs> and enough of the supporting cast was entertaining, yet Dorothy is boring. Mm-hmm. Scarecrow was boring. Dead Man wasn't boring. Nope. Ozma wasn't boring. Nope. The, uh, the West witches, was good. The witches weren't Glinda boring. Was I was kind of interested. Basically, everyone except Dorothy and the Scarecrow was actually kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And I love the way it looked. Uh, it's mostly when it wasn't laughable. But even when it was laughable, at least it wasn't dull. <laughs> you know? And like by the by the end of it, uh, their stories were just so big and s- crazy and sometimes silly. That I was kind of invested in it, even when it was doing some pretty traditional stuff. And I mm-hmm. think, honestly, if it was back on again, I would watch season two. <laughs> if it I, kept I going have, like this? Yeah. Oh. I'd, I'd probably tune into the the season two, episode one, to see mm. 
where they were pushing certain things. Okay, so you think it might have been canceled too soon as well? You're going yeah, I, I will say that. Okay, yeah. Whitney, what do you think? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, this was an interesting idea. They did it, and I'm good. Um, <laughs> if, if it did somehow miraculously come back, I, I too would tune into like the first episode of Morbid Curiosity. Sure, but that's I, a good way I, to put it. I have no way of... I'm not at all invested as to what they're going to do moving forward with this because I think I know what they did. They've done it already. They don't have fresh ideas they're going to explore. There's not a direction they can take it to make it less cliched or less plot dumbness. It's just... Less plot dumbness is a critique you just made. Yes, you're right. (laughs) I I words speak out mouth have. Um... Yeah, I, I think I think it's all it's all there. We have it all. They they came up with this grim and gritty version. They completed the complete world. We saw all of the characters. We put them into place. Watching them do more is not interesting to me. Eh. We, we, we've seen it all. I, I, think, was I think it's all complete. Everything we've seen and that Emerald City is capable of is in these ten episodes. R- Rachel brought up a good comparison not to, mm. towards the beginning of the episode where uh, you talk about it compared to a soap opera. Mm. I love soap operas, True. even when they're lame. <laughs> I've had a lot of soap operas. I've, I mean, as will turns junkie for life, even though it has been off, it's been off the air for like ten years. I I I like that dynamic. And by this point, I, you know, we watch a lot of shows and watch all of them. And by the end of doubt, I don't give a shit about most of them. By the end <laughs> of guilt, I couldn't name a character. Do yeah. not care. By the end of this one, I cared enough that I dug it, and I liked enough mm. of the characters that I wanted to see more. Is it the best show we reviewed? Fuck no, <laughs> not even close. But I think it was. Becoming its own thing, and I think it was finding its own tone, um, and I think it was finding I, the one thing I wish the show had more of was a sense of humor. Mm, it didn't need to be jokey. Took itself, very it yeah. took itself way too seriously, too much. And the weird thing is, is that you have this fish out of water dynamic that you could have played for for more of that with both Dorothy and Jane and the Wizard, where you could have really just appreciated, had people appreciate just how fucking bizarre their lives are, and no one ever does. And that I think was the death knell of this. I think it would have been a lot more entertaining if people. Again, I don't want them constantly winking at the camera. Mm. I don't want them quipping like a like a Joss Whedon joint. I just want occasionally them to go, huh, the, weird. This is <laughs> weird. Yeah. Just once. Every once in a while. Well, the, the, Everyone's so determined. The problem <laughs> is, you know, we live in a world where The Wizard of Oz is so familiar to so many people. You know, there, I don't think there's like pretty much a person on this planet who hasn't seen it or is at least familiar with it. And you have to set it in a world where The Wizard of Oz doesn't exist. That's always and, and It's always confusing. Like in The Mummy, when like Tom Cruise meets Henry Jekyll, mm-hmm. and he doesn't go, oh, like that book. Like the Stevenson <laughs> novel. says uh, that. Yeah, like, yeah, what, what horror movies do you have in this universe? <laughs> right. it's, it's getting tougher and tougher to do like these classic stories in the modern day, because they've informed a lot of what, what we do and what the films we've seen. Uh, so there was two approaches. They could either either have set it in a world where the Wizard of Oz was real and it would have been a lot kind of jokier and quippier and mm-hmm. sillier, or they did it the way they did it and they'd have to play everything completely straight. And I think even a streak of levity would have caused all of that to collapse. Mm. Their self-seriousness was the only thing really keeping it up. Fair enough. Well, mm. that's Emerald City. That's Emerald City. There it is. <sighs> Another one down. Another one by <laughs> the dust. Oh, so uh, thank you. Thank you for to uh, the people who donated that one to us through our Amazon. It was Kevin. Which did, it yeah. was. Thank you. I don't have that uh, in front of me right now because you borrowed the disc. Yeah. Which had our notes on. But thank you, Kevin, for donating that to us. Um, you can 
check out our Amazon wish list if you want to send us material to review on the show. We're backlogged, but we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash cancel too soon. We have exclusive episodes. We'll be reviewing uh, the Gulliver's Travels 90s 90s miniseries sometime this week, this next mm-hmm. coming week. Um, and uh, also we're on Twitter at cancel uh, at cancelcast. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe on iTunes. Please give us a review. Do all we're of on, that. We're on Stitcher. All of that shit's great. I'm at <laughs> William Bibiani. He's at Wendy Seibold. Rachel, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Rachel J Cushing. And you will be kicking ass on the Schmodown Singles Tournament. I know. Round one kicks off for both of us relatively soon. Who's, so uh, who's your first competitor? I will be going up against the Android Mark Andreco. Oh, who he's... you have taken out. So. Yeah, not easily though. I know. I, 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 I this, this is going to be a fight. This is going to be a fight, but if uh, androids uh, have like a weakness to crushing, Ooh, I saw Terminator, uh, and they crushed that one. So I think true. you're good. Okay. Well, technically that's that was the a plan. cyborg. <laughs> or just root, root around the small of his back for the off switch. That's uh... find the glowy bit and shoot that. <laughs> Every video game, I, <laughs> the big glowing eyeball, the eyeball in the middle. <laughs> that you have to jump and shoot a missile. Did yeah, you guys watch uh... the Luke Cage Netflix series? Oh goodness! Like no. at the end, he's fighting a guy who's got like a power suit on him, and he's got a glowing bit in the back, and he oh, doesn't punch really it. Funny. And I'm like, Luke, for God's sake, <laughs> did you never play Nintendo? God, punch the glowy bit. I love that bit in in. Um... Spider-Man 2 where Alfred Molina turns around and says and this is the thing that keeps me from being a supervillain like, I hope nothing happens to this thing that, that I've exposed and built out of cheap plastic and it's a big red square that's easily broken yeah. uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Cancelled Too Soon we're going to be reviewing it's the res- uh, winner of our latest Patreon poll mm-hmm. Conviction starring Haley Atwell as the former first daughter of the United States who's now a lawyer who helps death row inmates get off of death row uh, within like 24 hours notice because uh, well that's what happens when you procrastinate I guess <laughs> I guess we'll find out um, but we'll also have our next Patreon poll up real real soon because it's going to be our big Halloween uh, bonus episode for Patreon subscribers on the Cancel Tuesday monthly movie and you're going to be able to pick between four different Stephen King miniseries Ooh. and not the good ones <laughs> we very explicitly did not pick the good ones <laughs> so it should be so, real interesting so we're effed no matter what if you what, ever wanted yeah. to force us to watch the Langoliers oh boy Tommy Knockers mm-hmm. Nightmares and Dreamscapes and oh shit what's the other one we, we, we picked Oh, uh, d- 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 uh, it wasn't Langoliers, Tommy Knockers. We, we couldn't find Rose Red, so it wasn't that. Was it? It wasn't the remake of Salem's Lot. No. There's another bad one. But no, another one of the bad. Ones. Another one that people do not talk about in in, in reverent tones. <laughs> um, so you're gonna have that option real, real soon on the website. So thank you everybody for listening, and uh, that is a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. Bye.